Welcome back to the Cape First Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Thomas, and today there's no Seb. Uh, instead, to replace him, we have a very special guest, Mr. Joe. Hi, guys. There we go. That was Pleasure cute, to be that, here. That was your cue to speak. Um, you you were here before, weren't you? You've, you've been on this before. Yes, it was, it was the last Star Wars episode where we... I think, did we speak about all the films? We spoke yeah, about we did, the think, Skywalker yeah. saga. Yeah. Um, and so it's very fitting that you're back again today to talk about the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, I think um, as you introduced me last time as a number one Star Wars expert, I'm here to reclaim my title. Exactly. Yeah, we you can are, get you're, you're a famous Star Boba. Wars expert. Everyone knows Mr. Yeah. Joe. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're the number one expert of Star Wars in all media. You know Princess Leia's middle name, don't you? Uh, yeah, which I'm not going to say. Um, <laughs> That's between you and Carrie Fisher. It you, is, and she's dead now, so it's just me. You'll take <laughs> her to the grave. <laughs> if you if you look um actually if you look on behind the scenes um. On the Mandalorian, you will see Dave Filoni, and then beside him, you also see me. Yeah, um, you just kind it of shows like... how much of an impact I have on <laughs> exactly on the exactly. show. Yeah, I didn't believe it when you told me that originally, because the way we met was you approached me in an alleyway, didn't you? And you said, hey. <laughs> yeah, "I was waiting for that." <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a Star Wars expert, um, and I yeah. just kind of believed you, and we, we we've known each other ever since. So yeah. Might be because of the knife in my hand, but <laughs> you believe me. Uh, well, should we get into it then? Should we get started? Yeah, yeah. So, I'll let you start as you're the host. <laughs> well, I thought we could sort of split this into two sort of separate conversations almost because I think the show itself is kind of divided into two halves. You know, you have the first four episodes that are kind of one block. And then you have the next three episodes that are another block. You know, yeah. they're very, they are very different. Some would, some would say they're different shows altogether, um, in a way. Uh, but we'll get to that, won't we? Trying to think, this sounds really bad, but which <laughs> what happened again in episode five? <laughs> You I can't remember, remember what happened and... in episode five. Wait, a episode certain, five. Is... A certain someone returned. I thought that was episode six. Am I just? No. I think I'm putting five and six together in my head. I so... think you are because they are very similar, kind of. Yeah, sorry. We will get onto that later. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, touch on we... that in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So. I think we should just get straight stuck in to the um, the first half of this latest season of the Book of Boba Fett. I say the latest season. Do you think there'll be there'll be a second season, or do you think oh, it's a one and done? No, yeah, I think, think it's there's definitely going to be another one. We could. I think we should I, talk about what I we hope. think the second season will be about after the fact. Yeah. But okay, so for the first season of the Book of Boba Fett. The first four episodes were kind of structured around flashbacks. So what did you think of the flashbacks of the Book of Boba Fett? 
See, I think when me, you and Seb were speaking about it, you two, you two, especially him, weren't that much of a fan of them. Because I, I think what you said to me, it kind of reminds you a little bit of the Arrowverse. Um, yeah. But I, see, I enjoyed them um, in, in Arrow and then also in, in The Book of Boba. Um, I think they were quite good. I think it fleshed out its story a bit more. And I think without them, well, they couldn't have told the story of how they did because, you know, it would have let out, like, left too many plot holes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, did, I did quite like them. Um, I think we actually saw more of Boba Fett in the flashback than we did in the actual show. I think that's actually true, yeah. <laughs> and he was mostly outside of his armour then, wasn't he? Yeah. See, yeah, but... You go, you, you go. Continue. No, you continue. I was just going to ask what your opinion was. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, um, <laughs> I uh, I liked the flashbacks. Like, I liked the story, but I didn't like their use because I thought the the story of the flashbacks for it, it it has to be relevant to the story it's trying to tell in the in the present day. You know, yeah. Like, because if it's just telling us, okay, this is how he escaped the Sarlacc. This is how the Jawas got his armor, like we saw in Mandalorian season two, and that we hear about in the aftermath books. It's like okay, we could we can see all that stuff, and that's cool to watch. But if it's just exposition, is it really needed in this show? Because the show kind of advertises itself as like a a kind of crime lord show about. Boba Fett claiming the throne of Jabba and becoming the Daimyo of Tatooine. And it is technically about that. That is technically what happens. But the show isn't really interested on the politics of Tatooine. It wants to show the Boba Fett flashback stuff with the Tuscans. And I, am, I, and I suppose those flashbacks in like inform where he is like why he wants to become why he wants to become a warlord um because he loses the tuscans and he wants to reclaim some power so then he can protect all people of tatooine and he can kind of remove all the all the kind of scum and villainy and all that shit um but a lot of that i guess is just guesswork because even when he's asked point blank in the later of the series they're like why are you doing this he's just like these are my people but you don't get why he thinks that. And the flashbacks sort of give you that information, but it's kind of like, it's very subtextual, and Boba Fett doesn't really do a lot of internalizing. You never really hear him talk about like his own personal point of view. So I don't know, like, they were good, but they didn't really tie back into the main story as well as I'd have liked. Yeah. I you think, know, um, sorry, you, you go. I was just going to say, like, it, it it was interesting to see all that stuff. It was interesting to see where he was during the Mandalorian, what he was doing after the Return of the Jedi. And it was amazing to see the scene of him bursting out of the Sarlacc. Like, that's the fucking, that's the dream shit right there, you know? Um, but other than that, I, I don't know. It, it, the, the, flashbacks didn't really feel necessary yeah i i mean i think they were necessary in the fact just to show 
you know, tie up the loose ends from The Mandalorian and just kind of show you, you know, what everyone wants to see, him coming out of the Sarlacc pit, actually what happened. However, they didn't show much in 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 the sense of the story. It was just those, you know, wrapping up, you know, what had already been, but to flesh out, you know, the current story didn't really give that much. Hmm. Um, and then going back to what you said about... Um, you know it, w- why he's you know wanting to be Damio, um, and why you know he, he, when he's like, "Oh, these are my people." To me, maybe you know this is a different opinion, but I don't think that's a Boba Fett which we've had certainly in the originals. You know, because he's meant to be this cold-blooded killer. He's a bounty hunter. And, I mean, there's that rumor that I think you know Vader says to him, "You know, no incineration this time." So it's implied that he was the one who incinerated. Um, but you know Luke's um, you know uncle, oh, um, um, uncle, and, uncle Owen. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, is it incineration so, or is it disintegration? He says. I think it must be disintegration. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I got that wrong. That, disintegration, I think it is. But that is. But still, that, I do like that fan theory that he was the one who took out the. Yeah, the, as you say, you know it's. It's only a fan theory, but I just think him going from where he was to this, I don't think it's as believable. Um, no, yeah, that's it, kind of. It's like he he spends like a, he spends a couple of years with the Tuscans learning how to be a Tuscan, which also yeah. felt very like Stockholm syndrome to me. Yeah, I think that's meant to be five years which he spends with the Tuscans. That's yeah, also one kind of add up. Mandalorian timeline, is set yeah. five years after, isn't it? And this shows exactly like where he was during the the Mandalorian season one. Um, so yeah, it must have been five years. But like, he he does feel very different. Even when he goes to escape, he doesn't feel bloodthirsty. And part of me can't help but imagine that that's because it's owned by Disney now. Yeah. And Disney don't yeah, want to be, to be this cold-blooded killer. Which is like, well, if you don't want that to be Boba Fett, you need to show him becoming this new version of Boba Fett clearer, and you need to focus on that and tell that story. But about halfway through the show, the show just pivots towards something else. Um, and I, I personally, I like the idea that he's he got taken in by the Tusken Raiders. I think the that should have been done differently. Because they, they capture him and they use him as like a slave, and then he just like learns to love his captors, which is really weird. I feel like they should have like taken him in, mended his wounds, like actually taken care of him and sort of like nursed him back to health, rather than, oh, I've 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 decided the Tuscans are okay now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was very quick. I like seeing the other side of like the Tuskins and you know seeing them in in a lot more detail than what we we ever really have before. Um, so I did really enjoy that. But yeah, I just feel like the whole thing. See the the whole show in general, especially the first four episodes, were just you know it was cool seeing Boba Fett again, which is fantastic. It's cool seeing you know all the tropes, you know, just seeing the Star Wars set in general. Um, but I think when it came to the story, I think it was quite subpar. Like it wasn't 
it wasn't as good as you know what we've had yeah and i feel like um you know like there was some interesting stuff that they talked about with like tatooine and how tatooine used to be this um like an ocean planet it used to be full of like, yeah. plant life and that's kind of where the the gaffy sticks come from is like these old trees that used to be part of the the landscape and i thought well that's that's some interesting stuff and i understand See, that that what are you gonna say yeah that i was just gonna say yeah no i really like that bit because that goes into the legends um of where you know there was the jawas and the tuscans were one one people uh when tatooine was like you know sorry you know where, where when tatooine was like i think it was like a tropical ocean world and then when it uh, was it the infinite empire i believe it was i mean this is like you know legends but they yeah. they glass apart the planet and turn it into tatooine as as we know it um but yeah no i really like those little bits and i feel like they are reaching into legends a bit more and just expanding the general i suppose what's the word i think know, that's the... something that dave filoni's always been aware of and because like i remember when um when disney bought lucasfilm and they canceled clone wars and put rebels into production and then they came out and they're like right all previous canon is now legends and we're going to class it as legends and that's all that's the name of the old canon and we're now doing our new canon and this is all going to be it's all going to tie together and then you have that line from ahsoka in rebels where she says there's always a bit of truth in legends and people took that as like dave filoni going look we're going to take some stuff from the old shit and bring it into the new and he's been the guy to do that more than anyone because planets like um, Typhon, uh, Malachor, um, yeah, were all old Republic planets and old EU stuff. And he's brought that over. He brought Thrawn over. He's wanted to bring Revan and Starkiller over, and he's had like story concepts and ideas that could Wait, get used he, at some point. Is he wanting to bring Starkiller over? Yeah, there was talk about Starkiller being an Inquisitor oh, during Rebels. Oh, you can't, you can't have that. I, I love it. Oh, I love Starkiller, but he's too OP. If you've ever played those games, he's no, way I, too OP. I reckon the way you do it is you, you'd obviously power him down. You'd have to lower him down, but you'd make him like the anti-Ahsoka. Oh uh, no, he'd have to be like brought down to he's. Yeah, he'd have to be severely brought down, like handicapped to like where he's lost, you know, his fucking head. He's he is powerful. If if you play the DLCs, he kills Han, Chewie, Leia, Luke, Boba Fett. Uh, he's killed the Emperor <laughs> Vader. He literally kills everyone. And he's yeah. There's I, I don't think they could bring him in. I think I, he's well, fantastic I, as a I character. Think the idea but... was that like he was going to be an Inquisitor. But he was like he wasn't like seventh sister or yeah. eighth brother, whatever it was called. He was he was an inquisitor, but he was separate, and he was like directly under Vader's command. It was like Vader's own inquisitor or something like that. And the idea was that he would sort of be the antagonist to Ahsoka because you obviously have the the light side apprentice in Ahsoka, and then the dark side apprentice with Starkiller. Um, but the fact that he even talked about that stuff okay. shows that he cares about the old extended universe, the old yeah. canon. Um, and it's cool seeing him play on that stuff and bring that stuff into 
main canon. Even the fact that, like, he got Tamara Morrison back to play Boba Fett. They didn't recast him. They were like, no, he's supposed to be a clone of Django. So we're getting the guy who played Django. I just wish they actually focused on Boba Fett. Because the only time the show really gets its shit together and focuses on him is the flashbacks. But the flashbacks isn't the story that was advertised. The story that was advertised was him becoming the new Jabba. Him becoming the new Daimyo. And and that's why I think there's going to be season two. Because that show which we were promised, I don't think we saw. Um, So, I, I mean, you know, he's back to full health, sort of. You know, he's he's now got Tatooine established. Um, or at least, you know, to what we most expect, at least what we've seen. So, you know, I think we're going to get that show later on. Um, but I feel like this show, you know, was it, it didn't really do much, just in general. And then, it, you know, in the final three episodes, you know, it just wasn't really about him. <laughs> I mean, the last bit was, but that's about it. Yeah, the last bit was, but very... Very like yeah. um, loosely, you know. Like, and I think my my problem with it was, and we'll we'll get into that actually later on, is that in the first episode when he's like out there walking in the city, they don't give him a showcase where you get to see what he's capable of. Like in the Mandalorian season two, when Boba Fett showed up, he takes out a whole bunch of fucking stormtroopers. And they make him feel powerful and they make him feel like Boba Fett that people wanted to see. Whereas in the book of Boba Fett, his first episode, he gets beaten by a bunch of like security guards. They trap him in like these shields. He could fly up with his jetpack, but it doesn't for whatever reason. And Fennec Shan gets the moment to be the cool badass. Yeah. And which is great for that character, but that character's already kind of proven to be a badass. But you know, she was in the Bad Batch, she was in Mandalorian Season 1, Season 2. You know, she was part of that final team at the end of the Mandalorian Season 2. Like, she's she's already sort of proven herself anyway. But we're here for Boba Fett. We want to see Boba Fett. And in the first episode, he gets immediately beaten and has to get rushed back to his back to tank. I don't think it showcased him in a very good light. I think it showed that he was... I mean, I don't know how old he's meant to be in it. I, I keep forgetting, but he's he looks weak. Just from every single like point of view, he just seems weak compared to the other people. And certainly, you know, when he when he's fighting. Um, yeah. What do you think of um, Tamara Morrison as Boba Fett? I think he's great. <laughs> I mean, I I, I really like him. Um, I mean, you know, just because, you know, he's, I think, more more nostalgic side to it. Just because, you know, he was Django, and now he's came back for Boba. And, you know, yeah, I just think he's iconic. And, yeah. I, I think I, he was better as Boba Fett in The Mandalorian Season 2. I love yeah. the scene in the bar when Mando and Boba go to get... Um, Bo-Katan, there we go. And there's that, he has oh, that little fucking yeah. back and forth with her, and she's like, I've seen your voice, I've, I've heard your voice hundreds of times, whatever, and he's like, mine's going to be the last one you hear. Like, he, he felt like a fucking yeah. bastard in that one. See, I think that's just poor writing 
in in this new one. Like as I say, you know, we from the whole story we didn't really see much. No, we got very little Boba Fett in the book of Boba Fett, really. Like him doing Boba Fett stuff. Like yeah, we get the flashbacks yeah. and we keep cycling back around to that. And that in itself is an interesting story, but all the content of that story in those flashbacks could have been the first episode. Yeah, have you, you know, seen you the, could... the memes? Sorry, yeah, you go, you go. I, I was just going to say that you could have done episode one, he comes out the Sarlacc pit, he fucking gets taken in by the Tuscans, he learns to be, make the, make the first episode dead long, he learns the Tuscan ways, he becomes part of that tribe and all that shit, um, and then they get killed, he meets... Fennec Shan, they get his shit back, you do all that stuff, and you lead directly up to where he was in The Mandalorian Season 2. And then, Episode 2, you see him trying to claim a stone, trying to become, and you can just focus up and do three episodes of him in Tatooine, doing Tatooine shit, trying to fucking gain power. But the only way he really sort of tried to gain power was he'd walk into some place and go, right, I'm in charge now. But he did nothing to prove himself. Why was he in charge? Why did he deserve to be the ruler of this territory? Other than by saying, okay, I'm in charge now, everyone. You need to listen to me. Um, but I think, I think I have seen the... If it's the ones I think you're talking about, what memes have well, you seen? Where... It's the ones where I think it's Leonardo DiCaprio where he like he points at the screen and he's like, "Oh, it's him!" Like it's like uh, you know oh, the no, ones where it's like, "Oh, the Easter egg!" Where it's like when when it points at um at Boba Fett and it's like, "Oh, he's in it!" Because it's just the oh, joke yeah, when, you, the when you see Boba Fett as a cameo show. in his own show. Yeah. See, the one I saw was um, it was uh every Boba Fett episode, and it was like him going. I am Daimyo of Tatooine, and someone else going, I don't think you are, and him going, but I am though, and that was every episode, because he walks into that, he walks into the mayor's office, he walks into the, um, that little yeah. sanctuary place, they called it, uh, the bar place, and it's just him going, right, people have to pay tribute, because I've decided I'm in charge, but there's nothing Too else, he does, he does very little to actually emphasize or prove why he should be in charge, other See, that, than just that's by why... saying it. And I feel like that's with Disney um, because, you know, they want to show him as a good guy. Fair enough, I think he can just walk into place and say that he's in charge. But he needs to look menacing or at least, you know, to show that he's a daimyo and, you know, command that respect. But because he's, he doesn't, then it looks a bit flimsy. But say, you know, where if, say, the huts just waltzed in, you know, when you see the twins, they just waltzed in or it's like demand, you know, they, they wanted to demand some tribute. And I could understand from there, but when he's just walking yeah. around when it's him and Fennec, it, it just it just seems strange almost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's. I, I think it's weird. I think it's in general. I don't think it's been. I mean, I've enjoyed it because it's Star Wars, and I think you know, it's. I really like seeing him again, but I just don't think it's like fantastic. Yeah, it was nice to see him, and it was nice to have confirmation that, yes, he did survive after Return of the Jedi. He has sort of, you know, 
changed his 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 stripes a little bit. He's become more of a more like um, benevolent person who wants to essentially rule Tatooine and make it a nicer place. Um, and I like that because Tatooine's always kind of been the shithole of Star Wars. And I'm curious because the only other bit of Tatooine we've seen after Return of the Jedi in like canon media is that little clip at the end of um, Rise of Skywalker where that old woman is walking past that the the Lars homestead and she's like, no one's lived here in so long. It's like, did Boba Fett make Tatooine a better place? And she's like, this one random woman has just missed out on it. Like, over the sand dunes is actually a bustling metropolis where Boba Fett's the king, but this woman just doesn't know how to get there. So I'm curious to see if, like, they will keep going with this, and if he does, like, make Tatooine a better place, or if he gets killed in the next season. Um, if there is if there is a next season. Yeah. Do you know when, or if it get confirmed? Um, no. Uh, the only piece of news that dropped after the series finished, because at the end of The Mandalorian Season 2, we got a teaser for Book of Boba Fett. We didn't get anything like that uh, this time around, but they did release a poster for the Obi-Wan Kenobi show coming May yeah, 25th. Yeah, I saw that. Um, other than that, no, uh, no official confirmation. And because it's had such a mixed reception, a lot of people have been saying the same things. But Everyone from like, from what I see, no one's there saying that Tamara Morrison is bad at playing the character. Everyone's just saying they wish they saw more of the character. They saw more of Boba Fett. Yeah, because, exactly. Like, sorry, you go. I was just gonna say because he's such like an iconic character. His arm is iconic. You can sell merchandise with him, and because people still liked him in the show, they liked him in the Mandalorian season two. I think it would be very likely that they do a season two, but season two they're just like right, focus up, tell a Boba Fett show, and yeah. they iron out a lot of the kings. No, I agree, and I think you know when it came to the Mandalorian season two, he was really good at it, and I just think it it's more down to the writing than than him. You know, I I, I think you know if they if they just made a Boba Fett TV show and focused on him, then it'd be better. Yeah. However, me me saying that when it came to you know the last couple of episodes, which you know especially five and six, which didn't focus on him at all, I thought they were really good. Well, I think now is a good time to get into it because, as you've been talking about, the first four episodes were very focused on one thing, to the point where I, I actually. I was excited for episode 5 no matter what because during episode 4 they have that scene where he gets out the back to tank, he puts his armor on and Fennec's like, you're all healed. The process is 100% complete. And it felt like them going, okay, we're done with the flashbacks. We're all caught up. Now we're going to focus up. And I was like, fuck yeah. We're going to see some Boba Fett shit. And then there's that little stinger at the end, a little musical stinger where they play Mando's theme. And I thought, oh, cool, they're going to bring Mando back and he's going to join up with Boba Fett, but we're going to get to see more of like the politics side of this um, Mos Espa and all that shit. But no, we don't get any of that. 
we just get two episodes of The Mandalorian. I mean, there were like, great episodes, though. <laughs> they were the best episodes as well. That's the annoying thing. But it was just a completely different show for two episodes. It wasn't even. It wasn't even <laughs> slightly about Boba Fett. Yeah, they. Were, I mean, they were fantastic episodes. I think uh, I loved all of it. Um, I saw another actually fan theory for it as well. Um, oh, yeah. So, do you know when um, the flashback in the Jedi Temple? Ah, uh, yes, and I think I know what you're talking about. There's like a glaze around it, or like, you know, it, the theory is that the only other person in the Jedi Temple was R2-D2. So it was actually, Grogu was, you know, hidden in R2, and that's how he escaped. Which would make a lot of sense, because, like, do you have that reunion between R2-D2 and Yoda? Yoda, uh, Grogu, at the end of The Mandalorian Season 2 where there seemed to be, like, familiarity between each other. Personally, it felt like it was just... It was the producers or the writers going, hey, R2-D2 used to be, like, the cute sidekick of the old stuff, and now he's he's meeting the cute sidekick of the new stuff. Um, But no, it would make sense that he hid inside R2-D2, but I don't know if R2-D2 has that much, like, storage space. See, that's why... Yeah, no, I agree. That, that's what I saw, whether or not it's true. Um, but no, yeah, yeah. I, I think we'll, we'll get into like the cameos and stuff in a sec, but what did you think of the, the story of these next couple episodes? Because when it opened up and it was Mando in that kind of butcher's place and he's he's doing another mission, he's he's got a target he's after and it's like, right, we're right back into the Mandalorian. I thought that was only going to take up like the first part of the episode and we'd cut back to Boba. But it just kept going and we kept seeing more of the Mandalorian. And then the second episode that he was in, um, episode six, that went even further. That went past Mando and we were seeing point of view from other characters. They brought Cobb yeah. back. We saw fucking Luke Skywalker again. They brought him back. You know, we were seeing characters that weren't just, you know, it wasn't just Mando. It wasn't like we were getting more Mando shit. This was just other supporting characters from The Mandalorian, and it really felt like we were just watching The Mandalorian Season 3. Oh, completely, yeah. Uh, And I think, see, to me, those episodes, the story felt better. And it also felt, to me, it felt more expensive. Like, the, the past four episodes before just felt a little cheap. To me, I don't yeah, know why. because it's the same locations, it's the same yeah. kind of look and feel to everything. I, I think it feels cheaper because Jabba's palace looks way lighter than it did in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Also, what, going back to before, you know, the four episodes before, what, what did you think of those mods? Oh, yeah, we never talked about those, did we? Um, you know what, right? If you took that same group of people but they were on Coruscant instead of Tatooine. No one would give a flying fuck. Um, because think about maybe. it. You had colourful speeders yeah. on Coruscant. Yeah. You had, like, weird aliens and cybernetic people. I mean, just look at the background characters of that nightclub See, it... scene. They're all weird fucking misfits who have, like, 
metal attachments yeah. and crap like that. I think if you take the mods, which is like a reference, like isn't it like sixties or seventies British mod culture? Isn't that kind of what they're going for? Where it's that sort of a re- mod meant like modernism at the time, but now they've changed it to you've modded your body. You've it's like a modification, and I think See, that's those... fun. See, I I don't know if I agree. Like those those modifications, you know, they would you know absolutely nothing against them. I think you know that that's what you know. There's tons of people in Star Wars who have cybernetic, you know arms mm. and whatever you know that isn't the issue it was the way it was filmed and the way they're dressed i just think it's a very cyberpunk i just don't think it fits in with star wars but that's I think... the thing i i think i genuinely believe if you took that group of people and you put them on coruscant or you put them on like a more urban planet in star wars no one would give a fuck it's the same way with like the people on coruscant dressed differently than the people in Tatooine. The people in Tatooine wear robes and shit, you know? Which I remember when the prequels came out, there was a lot of talk about, like, oh, so Obi-Wan was just wearing his Jedi robes because people thought he was just wearing, like, Tatooine garb because Luke, at the end of Return of the Jedi, he's not wearing, like, the Jedi robes from the prequels. He's wearing, like, a cool black jacket and all that shit. That's what people thought Jedi wore. And then the prequels came and said, no, 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 Jedi wear robes and now everyone just accepts that but at the time it was weird because it was like well that's something from Tatooine that looks out of place when they're on Coruscant in the temple and it's clashing against this Blade Runner style landscape so I think that personally I think they're out of place on the planet rather than um, Star Wars because I think the speed is they're way too clean, just in a practical sense. They should be covered in sand and dirt because it's a fucking desert planet. Um, yeah. The mod people, like the actual culture of people, I actually quite like because something I've always wondered about in Star Wars is what do you do for fun? Because you never get to see Star Wars from the civilian point of view. The closest you get is Luke and then he immediately becomes a rebel and you just see like soldiers and military people you very rarely get to see what the average day-to-day life is like for the people of star wars you know also is there a name for the star wars galaxy Uh, i'm not too sure (laughs) because i've always wondered this like we have our galaxy is called the milky way our neighboring galaxy is andromeda does the Star Wars galaxy have a name? Or is it just like the galaxy? I think it is just galaxy. Um, well, that's a I fucking missed opportunity that. right there. They should have come up with a name for it. It probably does, to be honest. I, there'll be, there'll be like think, an old name in Legends or some shit, won't there? Yeah. But I think those mods were maybe on a different planet. But they just, as you say, you know, they just seem far too clean to be in Tatooine. And then also, you know, I can't remember the the name of the woman, you know, the lead mod. Yeah. Uh, she's got a very well spoken British accent, which I don't think fits <laughs> yeah. at all in Tatooine. Suppose, and then I mean you had that see, old woman on Tatooine in Phantom Menace yeah. who was like, Oh, there's a storm coming, Annie, you better but she sounded like more Australian, didn't she? Yeah. But 
see with, with that woman is she see i thought in my head oh they're from coruscant they just came here so, and then she was like oh i grew up here so you know they're <laughs> yeah, from Tatooine. Yeah. <laughs> like you're trying to justify it the show's just yeah. doing everything that's power to be like no they're from Literally. Tatooine. Also, there was um, there was a mistake in the show. Um, so I don't know if it was if there was any other mistake. I didn't look into it, but one of the cliffs where you know the droid at the end when it blows up the Republic era's, I mean the Rebellion era speeder. Um, oh, yeah. You know when it blows that up, that blue bike is meant to be in front of it. However, when you see the clip of it explode, the blue bike is gone, okay. and then it cuts back, and then you see the bike again. So that's missed it. Do you remember in the last season of, of The Mandalorian, there was Jean's guy? Yeah. And they went back in and edited it and like changed the, See, the upload. That one's a little bit more obvious. Um, I think this is just a pure error. I don't know who else has spotted it, but yeah, you can clearly see the bike is nowhere near, nowhere to be seen when, when that speed explodes. I can't say I pay attention. I, I did... I did find it weird in that last episode um, because we sort of um, over the first four episodes we get obviously we get established uh, the mods as like they end up being part of Boba's crew for whatever reason and just develop this blind loyalty to Boba out of just I don't know um, yeah, ob- yeah that, I, I think just the script just decides that they're now Bobas, I suppose it's weird. I mean, they're, they're getting paid, but in my mind, you know, he's he's daimyo, he's got a lot of money. Why isn't there more men? He seems to have Gamorrean guards. He's got it. those two Gamorrean like, guards. <laughs> that's it. It's, it's ridiculous. He should have so many more foot soldiers in general. Just more people in his palace. His palace just seems so bare. Like, did Bib Fortuna just piss everyone else off, and everyone just like? Has it just been slowly falling apart the last five years? I think also, um, it was cool seeing that Wookiee, that black, what's his name? Yeah, Um, Chrysanthemum. Yeah, black Chrysanthemum. But it felt like they didn't know if they wanted the comics to be canon or not. Because yeah. in the comics, Boba Fett and Bla- and BK, as he's affectionately known, they've worked together before in the past. They know each other. And in this, it was like there's nothing in these few episodes that would contradict that they knew each other before. But also, if this it was the first like time the that they'd ever met each other in canon, it would still make sense. Yeah, those... It, it seemed like the first time he met him. Which, I mean, also, uh, that's another scene which I really liked. Do you know when he was sulking in the, um, oh, I can't remember the woman's bar, the name of the oh, bar, Sanctuary, but do you know when he was sulking called. in the bar? Yeah. I loved how when he got those those Vandoshans, when he got really annoyed at them, it's yeah. because Vandoshans hunt Wookiees. Um, so because their planets are next to each other, so Kajik and Randosha, I think it's called, and oh, yeah. because of Randoshan, which is what Bosk is, they actively hunt, they're hunters, and they, for sport, would hunt Wookiees, you know, That's, and they'd, they'd yeah, have trophies I, I'd heard about that. So, I, you know, I don't when know anything see... about, like, Trendoshans or Wookiee culture, um, 
So I, I didn't I didn't know about that till like the it was like a couple of weeks after the episode came out, um, and I thought that was teasing a conflict between BK and Bosk. Yeah. Which they haven't, but a hundred percent. If there's a season two, they're doing BK versus Bosk. Yeah. See, I, because they, I, they I kept him really alive. Like they could have killed him off, but they kept him alive. Yeah, I think there's see, there's no point in just needlessly killing people off when there's like you know a, a favorite you know with like especially people who read the comics, you know there's a hundred percent reason to keep him. Um, but yeah, I just really like that scene because you know they and with Trandoshans they regrow the limbs back, so even you know he ripped off his arm, he can still regrow his arm. And it's, um, I, it's just... I, I love that he just he he was like fuck it I'm not gonna sit on my bar tab I'm just, I'm gonna rip this guy's arm off like yeah. my revenge means more to me than the fucking yeah. credits you know you know what right I also looking back on it the way it ends like season one is sort of like the setup to the ideal show because it's him as Daimyo. And it's, it's, he's got some kind of backing. He's got the support of the people now. Cool. Now we get to just focus up on him and see him do some Boba Fett, uh, see him do some Boba Fett shit. So I really hope there is, um, a second season because I feel like they did a good, they, this felt like the point of this show and it, it, it failed in its execution a lot of the way. But I feel like the point of this show was that Boba Fett was moving past what he used to be and becoming something else. And I think bringing in fucking Cad Bane was such a smart way to do that. Yeah. He is kind of like symbolic of what Boba Fett used to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I completely agree. Um, I think... Yeah, when it comes to Cad Bane, I think, you know, they've got that history. You know, we've we, we both seen the arc, which, you know, got cancelled in Clone Wars, which I think must be canon, where, you know, he's, Cad Bane trained him, you know, and Boba, you know, overtook him as, um, you know, the main bounty hunter in the galaxy. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was, that was good. I loved how, I'm pretty sure it is the same voice actor. I think um, it is. I think it, they've changed the voice slightly, yeah. but I wonder if that's just to kind of emphasise that he's older, because yeah. um, he is. He had history with Django, and I think when Django died, Cad Bane then gets the reputation of the best bounty hunter in the galaxy, or something like that. Um, but I think Django originally held that mantle, and then yeah, there's that cancelled arc where the only clip that was produced and it's not even fully finished is them two having like a showdown and that clip is really fun it's the two of them squaring off against each other and it shows how Boba Fett gets the dent in his helmet and it was supposed to be in the Clone Wars but never got produced and then Cad Bane showed up in the Bad Batch but he had a metal plate on his head so people figured, oh, that must have been where Boba shot him. Cool. That scene must be canon still. And then same in Book of Boba Fett. He had a metal plate over so, his head. 
I wonder so, if it, it could where we could eventually see that again, maybe in a flashback I, I or maybe a live live action version. That would be fantastic. It'd be good. Um, I think it's the... more likely that we'll see that in the Bad Batch. I think, personally, what I thought was going to happen in the Bad Batch Season 1 and what might happen in Bad Batch Season 2 is I think the Bad Batch and Omega will have to find Boba Fett, team up with him, and then they will have to take down Cad Bane, or they'll have to deal with Cad Bane, and Boba Fett will tell a story about how he's beaten Bane before, and it will show a flashback in animation where he defeated Bane. Um, yeah. Um, I think going back, you know, all the, you know, all the Easter eggs, all the, um, you know, cameos which we had in that scene, um, you know, seeing Cad Bane, he was my favourite. So as much as, you know, it was nice seeing, you know, Dinjarin, you know, um, Grogu, Luke, you know, seeing Cad Bane was my favourite. Um, and I just True. think, you know, he's from the Clone Wars. I think he's such an iconic character, and I, I think, yeah, I, I'm really sad though that he died towards the end. I can see why, but yeah, I, I really wish they just kept him alive. I think it's very possible that they'll bring him back. Um, it's what is like flashback kind of Yeah, no, like I think he'll actually be alive. I, I think they've left it intentionally open because I think the actor who plays him, like the voice actor is like quite old now i think he's like in his 70s or something he's about the same age as the character is in that scene so it makes sense that they'd want to kill him off in case the actor retires and doesn't want to do it anymore or something like that um but i think they've left it vague enough because there's like a blinking red light on his chest and people have seen that and gone well maybe that means that his life support stuff maybe it's still functioning maybe he's still um you know, yeah, he could I, potentially be alive, and you could bring him back. I'd like that, but I, I, I think he's dead. Um, yeah, I think he's dead too. I think the door's been left open, but I, I think that's the last we'll see of him. I do, I do think you could see him in the Bad Batch still, and I think it's possible that we'll see like him at different points in his life, because I, I think they. Part of them will want to flesh out a history between Cad Bane and Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, I'd, yeah, I'd be happy seeing that. Um, yeah, I think that would be good. But yeah, I'm not too sure. But yeah, overall, those those final episodes really really good. I did what, want to see though. Sorry, you you go. I w- I was just gonna say, what did you? Because we've we've not really touched on this. What did you think about the Luke stuff? Because that was quite a meaty portion of episode six was Grogu's training, seeing the temple from the last Jedi get constructed. Um, See, I I didn't like it. Um, I liked sorry, oh, I really? liked seeing Luke. No, I I liked the whole thing of seeing Luke. You know, seeing the training. I thought that was really good. The only bit which I didn't like was when it came to the end where it was where Grogu had to pick between the lightsaber and the, you know, the armor. And the reason for that is because, you know, that isn't Luke, or at least Luke from the the, um, original trilogy, because he showed that, you know, you can have connections. You know, he he showed that, you know, he, he, he wasn't alone. He didn't go down the traditional Jedi route. 
um, you know, because, you know, he had Leia Han, and also, you, you know, he wasn't that traditional Jedi, you know, he left the training halfway through, um, you know, he wasn't a proper Jedi in that sense, um, and I think, you know, they, he kind of, you know, came back to the old Jedi way, which is what Yoda did to him, you know, and going back to, you know, what what all Jedi were taught, where they had to let go of everything. Um, so I felt like that was less in character with Luke. I can see why they did it. Um, I, I yeah. hard disagree there. Like, um, not, not, to, not to rain in your parade, not to shit all over your, uh, your opinion. Because yeah. I see where you're coming from. But I actually think it's quite fitting. Because yeah. I think this shows and this is why i don't agree with what the sequel trilogy did in terms of skipping over 30 years because they skipped over so much context and so much story that i'm hoping these shows will fill in where the luke we see in the last jedi isn't the same as the luke we see in return of the jedi and that's the point because he made the same mistakes that's what his conversation yeah. with yoda is all about where he's like no we've we fucked up. We we need to learn from our failure and change, which is why Yoda says to Luke, "It's time we. It's time to move away from these old texts, these old books. Like we need to do something different. You know, we need to stop clinging to our dogma because it's fucked up twice now. Let Rey be her own character. And you're seeing this here, where yeah, he's he is more compassionate because." He's still Luke, where he wasn't like, right, no, fuck you, you can't speak to the Mandalorian anymore. You can't be, you can't have him in your life. Oh, cut him off, you have to be a Jedi. He gave him a choice. He was like, you can either be a Jedi, or you can go back and be with your father. You get to choose. You get a no. Here's all the information in front of you. Here's the decision you get to make, and we'll respect that choice. But the fact that he saw it in such a way shows how he fucked up with Ben. Because if Luke had yeah. turned around and was like, no, you can, you, he can be part of your life and we can have like a cool new Jedi Order that goes back to sort of like what the High Republic's exploring, where Jedi can have feelings and have attachments and stuff. If that's the Jedi Order that Luke would have built, it's less likely that Kylo would have turned to the dark side in the sequel trilogy. Um, in my mind the sequel trilogy is bad um, you know I, I <laughs> it's not canon in my mind like I'm I just think you know that's a bad Luke you know I don't think Luke would have done that so I can understand where you're coming from but yeah I, I just disregard them um, I see I, I, I don't disregard them because I think one we're not going to get another sequel trilogy the closest we're going to get is these shows yeah and I think Dave Filoni is someone who, who respects canon. Like he t- like the prequels had a lot of stupid shit in them. I love the prequels, but they they did make some grade A mistakes. But I he's... don't know what you're on about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were they were masterpieces. There was absolutely no mistakes made. But I don't like um... that. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I think what Filoni will do is Filoni will do what he did with the prequels, where he will take the story that was presented in the sequels and make it make sense. 
he will take the shows that will work that he's working on now and he will feed them into the 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 sequel trilogy and give context and make things make sense because we've already started to see a bit of that um yeah the we've seen like cloned bodies that look like as palpatine or snoke or whatever that seem to be grown from grogu's blood um that was in the mandalorian season 2 uh we're seeing the start of luke's academy and him you know going down that route of becoming a jedi master and making a school that fails because i i, I do really like that idea that it's sort of it's like what game of thrones did um the original premise for Game of Thrones was like, okay, uh, imagine in a fantasy world there was an evil emperor and the whole country banded together to take down this evil emperor who was the worst. And then they won. They defeated the evil emperor. The good guys won the day. The bad guy was defeated. What would happen after that? You know? And, and it just went the same. Yeah, and it went to shit. Because the king who took over wasn't, you know, the right person to rule. He was a good hero, but he wasn't a good king. And it all just went to shit. And then you find out that, oh, they only went to war because it was a lie and it was all bullshit. And the Star Wars, I think what Ryan Johnson wanted to do was sort of give a bit more maturity, context and depth to what Abrams did. Where Abrams basically went, we're going to redo A New Hope. So we've got the yeah, Empire well, again. We've got a new uh, desert, desert fucking villager who becomes a Jedi hero, whatever. Like he's, we've got this cool dashing young hero who's a bit of a rebel, kind of like Han Solo and all that shit. Um, it was very much we're gonna take the original Star Wars and just repeat the same beats. And Ryan Johnson went, well, how about we explain why history is repeating itself? You know? Like how yeah. you had World War I mean, and World War Two, And I, I, I like with... that we sort of see the beginnings of that where Luke has made the same mistakes. He's done it in a different way, but it's still the same mistakes. And that, to me, is like, okay, cool. Of course he's made the same mistakes because that's what happened with Ben. That's why it would get to that point because he's not... He's passed on what he's learned, but he's also learned from a guy who was responsible for war crimes. <laughs> you know? Like, he's... He's passing on the shit from Yoda that he shouldn't be passing on. And I quite like that. Yeah, I, I can understand where you're coming from. And I, However, I just think at the end of the day, I know it can't be changed, but I think, you know, J.J. Abrams did just a terrible job. He did. Uh, and I just think, yeah, it can't be changed unless, you know, they come out and say, you know, the prequels aren't, aren't real. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> but <laughs> Do you mean the sequels? Oh, shit, did I say the prequels? You said the prequels. <laughs> no, the the prequels can't be touched. You can't, can't touch them. No, I, that, that I was a mistake, yes. I, I saw this prequels. fucking wild fan theory where I don't think it would be true because it would be way too complicated to pull off. Um, but there was this theory that 
you know the world between worlds that's in Rebels. Oh, I've seen that theory. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll yeah. explain for the listeners at home. Basically, the theory is that um, in in the sequel trilogy, we hear that uh, Ben Solo, Luke, uh, Leia and Han Solo's kid, was Luke's first yeah. student. Um, and so he was the first person Luke ever taught. Now, in obviously in The Mandalorian Season 2, Grogu uh, gets taken by Luke and becomes Luke's first student. And the theory was that the reason why that's changed, why Grogu is now the first student and not um, not Ben, is because the timeline had changed by Ezra, because Ezra and the world between worlds saved Ahsoka from being killed by Vader. And because she was alive, that meant that she could help Din Djarin get Baby Yoda to Luke instead of him just being captured by the Emperor, or the Empire even. Um, and because of that, because of the world between worlds thing, we are now watching like a new separate timeline play out where the sequels didn't happen and it's all because of Ahsoka. And while at the time that did make a lot of sense, clearly we can see that the reason why Ben was Luke's first student is because he didn't train Grogu for very long. Yeah. Um, Though, which makes more I, I sense mean, to me. I'd still pay Disney to have that. Same. It would it would be pretty through. cool. But then, I don't know, because then, like, you can't do a sequel trilogy again. Because yeah. what, what do you do? Do you deep fake Carrie Fisher? Do you, like, CGI Carrie Fisher? You know, like, do you have you, to pay you Harrison Ford to come back and die as Han Solo? Like, they had one shot and they did kind yeah. of fuck it up. But it's why I'm open to these shows because I think if anyone could sort of fill in the gaps and fill in the context, it would be Dave Filoni. Yeah. I think maybe, yeah, maybe don't redo prequels. I don't know. They've got lo- loads more to explore, like in the again. past. Fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> <the> <laughs> um, you just got prequels on the brain. I do, constantly. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, there's there's loads more they can do with Star Wars. So yeah, um, I'm not too sure. But yeah, no, going back to the shows. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Do you know the very end? Um, actually, that's I won't go into that first. The first thing which I was going to say is, I almost thought that you know when he saw Ahsoka again, um, yeah. I I thought she was going to train him a little bit on to how to use a dark saber. Say, um, I you really know what? I've been thinking that. that for fucking ages. I was convinced that what they were setting up was, um, because Dave Filoni loves his fucking lightsaber imagery and all that shit. I thought for a while now that they've been building up to a white lightsaber versus a dark saber, uh, fight scene. Yeah, that would be great. Um, I thought we were going to get it in the Siege of Mandalore. I thought Ahsoka was going to get her white lightsabers earlier somehow, and Maul was going to fight her with the darksaber. What we got was even better, but then I thought, well, maybe we'll get something in... Like, when she showed up in the Mandalorian, I thought, oh, maybe she'll help out in the final fight, and, like, she will fight 
Moff Gideon. And then, yeah, again, like you said, when he turned up on the planet and saw Ahsoka, I was like, they're going to do Darksaber versus Ahsoka Sabres. And it never happened. Yeah, I was a bit gutted. Also, I'm I'm a bit gutted that um, Luke and Boba Fett just never met. They were so close to each other. <laughs> yeah, I love those memes where it's like when Boba Fett leaves, but Luke arrives in his fucking X-Wing, that they pass each other and they're like looking at each other yeah. through the windows like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> it's the same with uh, Bo-Katan. Like, they very carefully never named him as Luke Skywalker because if Bo-Katan heard the name Skywalker in relation to a Jedi, she'd be like, hang on, I knew Anakin Skywalker, what the fuck's this? So yeah. they very carefully were like, right, we're just going to get everyone who might know who this guy is out of the room. Yeah, but, I, yeah, I think I um, you go, you go. I was um, what I was going to say before was um, going back to you know the very end, um, the last time we saw Boba Fett when he was walking through the the town when it was getting rebuilt. Yeah. Um, I hated that scene when he passes the street. I really why hated did you hate it. that scene. Because he passes the fruit to Tristan and then it pans out and they're like all laughing and joking on and it just feels very cheap and shit. Right, you, know, you like know why it feels cheap? It why? feels cheap because he's just walking around. No, not even that. I'm not on about the point where he walks around. It's the very last bit when it zooms out and he's with the two mods and Tristan and one of them jokes, oh, why do I get a fruit as well? And it's just it's corny and it's awful. And I, I, I thought it was kind of laughing. sweet because I, I quite liked it, right? Because it was nice to see a little bit of hope on Tatooine. You know, because Tatooine's been such a fucking shithole, this entire I, franchise. It's riddled with slaves and criminals. And it was nice to see a group of people enjoy being on Tatooine. Nah, I did not like it. Also, I didn't like, do you know the, um, the guy with the fucking weird eye? In um, the mod, yeah. You know when he did that like three sixty no scope. Oh, that was ridiculous. That that was ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what, right? Flips and twirls and spins are like a common part of Star Wars. But the reason why that one sticks out so much is because because I was watching like a slow motion of it on on Twitter. It looks it's already in slow motion. (laughs) Is it already in slow motion? It it feels like it. (laughs) It's ridiculous. But it was like, I was watching it again, I was like, it's two separate takes. Because he, like, he, like, he gets out from BK's arm and gets his gun out. Then the camera cuts and he does a spin. Then it cuts back to, like, the original shot and he, like, fires his gun. So it feels like they did one take where he just fired his gun. And then, the, like, Robert Rodriguez was like, oh, um, I don't th- that's that seems a little boring. Let's do one with a spin. And he did a take with a spin, but then like maybe like he didn't quite look right when he was shooting his gun. So fuck it, we'll just merge the two takes together, because it looks really fucking weird. Like spins and lightsaber spins happen all the time in like Star Wars, but that one just felt really out of place. It was like so over the top. It was, it was ridiculous. Just bad. But at the same time, I did fucking love the Rancor stuff. I did really like. I say that I really like it. But, you know, how long is it meant to be for you to train to ride a Rancor? 
because it just um, seemed like he got it, and then five minutes later he was riding it. Like from the timeline, it just didn't seem to add up. Unless you know, he's like a natural at it. But to me, I, it just I do. Feel, a I think rushed. that's what they were going at because they had Danny Trejo basically go, "Wow, you two have such a good bond." You yeah, know, I think I think they were just like, "Look, we need, we want Boba Fett to ride a Rancor." I mean, I wanted him dead. to ride it. Yeah. See, this is, I think, the re- what we could have just imagined, right, is while Mando's off doing Mando stuff, all Boba Fett did in that entire time was ride the Rancor and learn so how that's to why we didn't see him in his own show. It's because he was just, like, he was, like, <laughs> he was in that little pit under under the palace. No, <laughs> kept falling off. He's like, oh, fuck. I do, also, there was, like, some really, like, I thought quite funny bits where, like, one of the Rancors... One of the Rancors, the only Rancor. Yeah. He, he, he picks up one of the guys and, like, holds it up so Boba Fett can shoot him. Yeah. I thought that was it's funny. Just, it was, also, it, it was ridiculous the, and over the top, but I did I did quite like it. I mean, I, I really liked it, but the only thing I've got in my head, I mean, this is me being, like, pernickety, but um, you, how far away is Moss Esper? From Jabba's palace. <laughs> yeah, I like, was thinking that. If it, did he how fly long did there? Take... Did he get his jetpack over there? Yeah, because he flew from his, you know, from Mos Espa all the way over. Yeah, that's what it looked like. And then did he ride the Rancor all the way back to Mos Espa? Like he must have. Like how long does that take? No, I think, if I, you think, I think what like... happened was he flew to Mos Espa. He put the Rancor in the Slave One. He then yeah, flew the slave one. Wait, wait, to wait, wait, wait. How big? How big do you think slave one is? Rancor would dwarf. Yeah, it. but the rancor you know, is a smaller rancor. No, no, it, it it could not fit in slave one. No it way. It could fit in how slave it, one. That little fucking no, it cargo could not, bit. It could, it could fit in slave one. It would be comfortable, no but it would. It, no you'd have way, to leave the no, door no. open. But it would definitely. No, fuck, you, yeah, of course you could I'm, fit it no, in the slave. No, one. no, 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 of course. Of course Definitely. not. You know, <laughs> you see the door. No way, no way. You're completely wrong. I go back and watch it. Yeah. There is absolutely no way, unless he airlifted it. He squeezed no, the rancor no, into no, the slave. No, one. no, there's he then no. Flew slave one to the outskirts of Mos Espa. He then got I, I, out of the slave one and then walked to Mos Espa. That's what happened. I don't know if you're being serious or not. Because that's, can, can you no, prove no, me wrong? No way. <laughs> Can yes, you prove me wrong? I will get on the episode after and show you the dynamic. Did you see I, them? Go, 100%, there's no way. There's big, 100% no I'm going to Google how big Slave One's cargo space is, and I'm going to find out no, how big no, that rancor is. No, have you seen is. the door? Like, if you look <laughs> at which we, the, the, the door fucking like opens up. No, no, no. <laughs> there's no way. There's literally no way. <laughs> I fucking right, um, this is the only it makes more sense that he he like ran all the way back to his castle and then see, walked the rest of the way back. See, the that doesn't make sense because um you know if you look at Finnick where she's driving, it takes her ages to go by speeder to Moss Mos Eisley. And I don't know how far away that is, but yeah, yeah we see, don't, they, there's they're no... very vague on the geography of Tatooine, aren't they? Yeah. 
there's no way it could fit in slave one. I mean, it could be dangling down, but also why would a rancor, rancor just get into slave one and not do anything? It, no, there's wait, you see it in the Sarlacc pit. There's no way. Um, <laughs> my Wi Fi is not working on my laptop, but I need to prove it. That it's not. <laughs> if there are people listening, please prove him wrong. Just <laughs> please show prove him, him show him the error of his ways. Right, okay, okay. Okay, here we go. Nope. No, I can't find anything. I've, there's there's no information. The if Star you, Wars you, wiki page has fucking information on the most stupid fucking shit, but it won't tell me how big... Um... Is, it, is it episode three when... I'm turning one second... Right, I've turned on my Disney Plus to watch it. Um, basically, <laughs> if you go to episode three, I think it is when he's stealing his shit back. If you see, um, or oh, what's her name, um, Finnick Chan, if you see her on the ramp of Slave One, there's no way that the Rancor can get on there. No way. Maybe it like clung to the outside of the ship. What do you think? It's just he, he's managed to tell it to just don't harm the ship, just cling on to it. Wow. Maybe it. Cha- <laughs> maybe he chained it because it's covered in chains, right? Maybe he like got it he onto could the airlift ship, it. chained it. Yeah, nah, yeah. It like nah. it did like a it did like a horizontal fly. They got him to hold on to the ship. They chained him on, and he flew it over and then dropped it off. Maybe Rancors can just run really fast. Yeah, maybe they're actually. It's like a fucking thousand mile per hour sprint. You you do you do see how quickly it jumps. So maybe it just runs really fast. Let's put I it down. I do to like that. that they mentioned that the um, the Night Sisters of Dathomir used to ride them. Yeah, I did like that callback. Also, I um, I, I like how in the holiday special he rides. What is it which he rides? I can't oh, remember. The Methasaur. But... Yeah. Which is little because, like, go I, back I think to that. that's how it's pronounced, and that's how it's um they've like sort of woven that into Mandalorian like law, haven't they? Where yeah. the the Methazor is like this ancient beast and all this shit. Um. No, I. Uh... Personally, I think what they should have done is they should have made this more of an anthology. Because as much as I liked the two episodes of The Mandalorian that we got, they should have been saved for season three. And I feel like the fact that they've just, they've very quickly tied up that plot thread of like what Grogu's going to do makes me think Mm. that they've thought, I think they want to do a Mandalore recapture storyline where Dinjarin has to reclaim Mandalore with Bo-Katan and there's going to be like a bit of like political rivalry there over the Darksaber and all that shit. I think that's what they want to focus on with season three but they thought we're not, no one's going to watch season three if Grogu isn't in it. So we need to see, get I... Grogu back to the Mandalorian as soon as possible so fuck it, we'll do it in the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Though the story which they told him with Dinjarin being there, 
I don't. I think you know you kind of had to show what they were going to do with Grogu. But yeah, I think it was a little bit rushed. Um, yeah, I think with hindsight they could have done stuff better. But I think in in general it was it was a good episode. I think what they should have done is they should have split this into three shows. I think we should have got like a little mini series where we see Ahsoka, Luke, and Grogu at the Jedi Temple doing all the training stuff. We get just the book of Boba Fett. We get an actual Ooh. just Boba Fett show, and then we get like the Mandalorian season three. And halfway through season three, he goes and gets Grogu back or something like that. Yeah, that's one thing which I forgot to mention. I'm just looking now. It's season four where he gets the ship back. Do you know the droid which was like General Grievous? Episode four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was my favorite. It was it was great. You said season right. four. Did I say? Oh, I meant episode. <laughs> yeah, at least you knew what I meant, right? I'm I'm now watching him fly slave one way. Yeah, there's uh, no, there's oh. no way you could get Lank on that. Oh, nah, there was a bit of no doubt way. there, wasn't there? Because it's zoomed out, but yeah, a hundred percent now. Now that she's jumped on it, no way, absolutely no way. <laughs> It's only a small rancor. Ah, but you see it pick up people, there's, it will be very difficult. But not impossible. It couldn't fit inside. It couldn't fit inside, yeah. but it doesn't have to fit inside. It's not going out in a space. It just it just it just needs to like ferry it over to, to Mos Espa. Mm. Here's something that annoys me, right? When you see the outside of Mos Espa, yeah. It looks fucking huge, doesn't it? Like when you see it in an establishing shot and it's sort of yeah. like in the crater, it's like two big craters full. It looks like a huge sea. <clears throat> but when you're in Mos Espa, when you're like, you have scenes and you're on the streets of Mos Espa, you don't see the big kind of barriers of like the crater in the distance or anything. And because you only see like the same four or five streets, it feels really small. Yeah, that's why it felt so cheap. I think they just they didn't flesh it out enough, and there wasn't enough people. I love seeing like the other, you know, other species in the Star Wars universe. However, when it came to you know its foot soldiers and stuff like that, it just felt lacking. Um, and then also the fact that he only had two Gamorrean gods. I did like how when they died at the end, you heard the noise of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. We've not uh, talked about actually completely unrelated to what we're talking about right now but um, in fact it is actually very unrelated we'll finish what we're talking about here then I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up um, I, I, I feel like the whatever they whatever technology they usually use where it's like the, the volume stuff that yeah. they've used for the Mandalorian it didn't feel like it was at play here it felt like they built a set like a street for Tatooine and that was all they had so they had to make the most of their Tatooine street. And it yeah. felt just very basic, very cheap. And then when it cut to the Mandalorian, and we're following the Mandalorian for like three episodes, that felt more expensive because you were seeing different locations that felt like they were being utilized better. Like that big fucking space ring, whatever that was. Yeah, that was... That was great. I mean, I loved how they involved the Halo universe in it. I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, big fucking Halo ring in Star Wars for no reason. I think, yeah, go, going back to like the um, 
you know, when they were on or when they were in Moss Esper, you know, it just felt so weird that he only had, like, a couple of soldiers. It just felt weird. I, I didn't like it. Um, it should have I, had I just more thought backup. the whole scenes were a bit dull. They made it very unclear what Boba Fett actually inherited from... Uh, yeah. From Bib Fortuna. And I, I, I think there should have been... That I I don't know the the fact that he just killed him took his throne that was a cool visual but they they really didn't want to touch on the politics of of the whole thing and I think Star Wars needs to get past its um its weird anti politics standpoint because some of the most interesting books in Star Wars have been about politics but they don't yeah. want to put it in the TV shows and movies. See, it's because. It's owned by Disney now, and everything's got to be PG. You know, I wanted to see a ram, uh, the rancor rip off someone's head and fling his body about, but you know, you kind of, can't see that. I don't think the aversion to politics is because it, they want to keep things PG. I think it's because they're still worried about the reception to the prequels, even oh, though see. this show, The Mandalorian, Kenobi, are all using prequel elements, and people are excited yeah. for prequel stuff. They're still like, oh, if we talk about trade routes, people are going to get annoyed. See, I love the the politics of it. I think like that that's my favorite bit, and that's probably why I like the pe- the prequels so much. It's definitely um, why you should read the High Republic books. Yeah, yeah, I still need to. I might after this. Um, but yeah, no, I think you know it's, it's definitely got its pluses, um, but as a Labeled because it's labeled the Book of Boba Fett or the Book of Boba. Um, I don't think it's it lives up to that. Um, I think it gives it a good standpoint for second season. Um, but I mean, my favorite bits were the the Mandalorian part. My favorite bit, and this is what I was going to talk about before. My favorite bit was seeing Ahsoka and Luke interact on screen. Oh yeah, I was I was going to say that that was great. Um, because we've never really seen that before. I thought, yeah, it's I always thought that was kind fantastic. of been when it was confirmed that she was alive after Return of the Jedi. It was one of those things that people, like in Rebels, I mean, people always wanted to see that interact in, like, them two characters interact in some way a game, a cartoon, a movie. Because it was like you've got the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker um, traveling think... the galaxy at the same time Luke is traveling the galaxy. And I, yeah. I really hope we get to see some kind of closure in the Ahsoka show, where Ahsoka learns that Anakin turned back to the good side. I wonder if we're going to see her in the Kenobi series. Oh, that would be interesting. Because she knew that he was on Tatooine, didn't she? Yeah. Um, I think she did. No, wait, she, you... she wouldn't know that. Well, uh, I mean, it's possible because if she's traveling the galaxy and she's, like, trying to find other surviving Jedi, I wonder if she did find Yoda and Obi-Wan and check in on them. Um... See, I feel like we... I'd love to see her interact with... You know, if we see her interact with Kenobi and Vader's there. I think that would be fantastic. However, 
just because you know Hayden and you know um, how am I forgetting the same you and you know they haven't interacted with her before. Do you know what I mean? Because it's I it's kind I'm of the movies. What the three of them interact? Yeah, I don't know if we'll get it on the Kenobi show, but I think we'll definitely get it in the Ahsoka show because I'd love to get that. Yeah. Hayden Christensen is already confirmed to be on the Ahsoka show. He's already going to be there. He's going to be probably a false ghost or some shit. Um, and I think they're going to do flashbacks in the Obi-Wan show. So it makes sense. I think you'd get, you could get it in either, to be honest. You would either have Ahsoka talking to Obi-Wan and Anakin's false ghost, or you would have a flashback in the Kenobi series when the three of them were in the Clone Wars together. Yeah, but uh, I just want to see. Sure. I just want to see Anakin talk to Luke. See, I'm not as bothered by that. I'd rather see. I'd I'd really want to see you know Vader and Kenobi interact again, but I really want to see Ahsoka and and Vader interact. That's what I'd rather see. I well, think. I I'm not I'm not too fussed on. Ahsoka interacting with Vader because we got some really good stuff in Rebels, but I think That's seeing, true, yeah. I think having her have some closure about Anakin, because in Rebels Wait, she just knows you, him as Vader. Did she know it was Anakin before he hurt himself? I can't remember if she, if she did. No, she did. She, she was starting to like piece things together. She was like curious because of obviously what Maul told her and the fact that Vader came out of nowhere and she, yeah, like she was. I think she was like starting to piece it together. And then when she meets him on Malachar and they have that confrontation, um, she learns it's him, obviously. Uh, but that's kind of like you. She obviously she didn't speak to him during Return of the Jedi. She didn't see him turn back to the good side or anything. So she just think that he died as Vader. Um, yeah. So giving her that closure where Luke can say to her, "Hey, uh, he came back. He turned good again. Um, he didn't die as Vader. Think- he died as Anakin." That would be fucking really good to see. That would be some nice closure for her yeah. as a character. And just like a nice bonding moment. Because after that, after Return of the Jedi, we don't get to see any sort of exploration between the relationship of Luke and Leia and their dad. There's a great book called Bloodlines that deals with how Leia re- responded to the fact that Vader was her dad. And it's all about the political ramifications of her being his daughter and shit like that. Um, but we never get to see anything about Luke and what he thought of Vader and if him and Anakin, you know, still spoke after Return of the Jedi. So I'd like to see that because that would be... I thought we were going to get it in the Book of Boba Fett at one point. Um, we didn't, obviously. But I thought the fact that Ahsoka was there, I thought maybe like Hayden would turn up or whatever. Um, yeah, but I think it, it would be nice to have that sort of a nice moment where you see them as father and son, especially because we've never seen that on screen before. Um, 
there's just a lot of the stuff that I'm excited to see in Star Wars coming up isn't so much like the action shit. It's like the little character moments of people that technically can and should have met actually meet in and we get to see it. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm really looking forward to especially this Kenobi series. Do you think we're gonna see more Owl? Uh no. Um because I think I think they're gonna focus oh oops. I think they're gonna focus more on the Kenobi and uh, Anakin relationship. Um yeah. I don't think they're gonna yeah, be no, more I think if they did like a season two then you could maybe if you did a season two and you had like a different story and maybe it was about Obi-Wan having to come to terms with his past or something and the final scene of the final episode just one for one recreated that final confrontation of Rebels I'd be okay with that but I don't want them to do anything that affects that scene in Rebels other than reproduce it in live action yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, though I would like to see more of his character, maybe if it's... I don't know, see, else, you, you know what... Yeah. Put him in, like, a show where it's about, like, the criminal underground. Uh, yeah, I was thinking that. Underworld. Because he was, like, in charge of that fucking organisation, the Crimson Dawn, for, like, 15 years. Yeah. Like you could definitely the fucking Lando show that they're making could be about that. The fucking Andor show could be about what? that. Wait, they they're, got, make, they're making a Lando show. Yeah, it got Is announced. This... It was a Disney investor thing uh, back at the end. Of, it was like December twenty twenty, and they did a big presentation. Um, Disney did a presentation where each studio head basically talked about all the upcoming projects they had, and. Kathleen Kennedy came out and was like, "Here's everything we're gonna we're gonna be making. We're gonna be making Ahsoka. We're gonna be making Andor. We're gonna be making Kenobi." And they announced that like Hayden Christensen's gonna come back and shit. And one of the projects they announced was a, a Lando project. And because it was just called Lando, and it looked like a similar kind of font style to uh, the Solo uh, font, I thought it would be about. Donald Glover's younger hand, uh, oh, I'd like Lando. that. And it could be like a sort of pseudo sequel to Solo. But they've not, there's been no further updates on that since. And it's been like a year and a bit since that was announced. Um, it could be Billy D. Williams. It could be like the first, oops, shit. It could be the first sequel to the sequel trilogy. Um, Fuck knows. But yeah, apparently they're doing a Lando show. Um, I mean, that would be nice to see. I'd rather see... Um, I think I'd rather see Donald Glover. Um, same. I think it would be cool to have like Donald Glover dealing with like Crimson Dawn and he has to get like... He has yeah. to go and get Han Solo back and you can bring um, the guy who played young Han Solo. I forget his name. Alden something, Alden Erickson or something. Yeah, you could have Solo in it quite a bit. You could add their interaction more. Um, and they have to deal with Darth Maul. But you'd have to make it so that they never meet because Maul doesn't really know... Sorry, 
Han Solo doesn't know anything about the Force or yeah. that type of shit. So he could never meet Maul because then if Maul does like weird Force shit, then when uh, Obi-Wan starts talking about it in A New Hope, Han Solo would be like, oh yeah, I met a guy who who was all about that shit. He was red and had horns on his skin. Like, I, I, I mean, they did it with like Clone Wars pretty well where they did, like, six seasons of that show with Anakin and General Grievous being main characters and they never meet once on screen because their first meeting was Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, they they could do it like that. Um, I mean, that is still one of the bigger plot holes of Star Wars is the fact that, you know, Han grew up in the time, you know, during the Clone <laughs> yeah. Wars and how did he not know about Jedi's? <laughs> it makes him sound like a kind of like a fucking dumbass. You know what, right? I I think that fair, is like though. a massive plot hole in general because so many people in a New Hope are like that ancient religion that no one talks about these days. What are you talking about? It's like it's like twenty years ago. Not even that. It was nineteen see, years ago. See, but to be fair, he's from. He grew up in the slums of Corellia, which was like the heart of the Republic. They would have seen no war at all. So they probably wouldn't have seen a Jedi. Like there'd be no reason to. They probably didn't see any True. war realistically. I, th- I, th- I think they've tried to say that like the Emperor and the Empire have spread a massive like anti Jedi campaign where they yeah. never use the name but they'll use sorcerer and like warlock or whatever and they'll use these names that make them sound really dangerous rather than Jedi. Um But yeah. We've, seen, we've kind of gone off track here. We're just talking about like Star Wars yeah. stuff that we like, haven't we? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, so, I... say they did a season two and it was announced that it was going to be just a... Com- like, we're doing Book of Boba Fett season two. Um, what would you want to see in that show? Um... I'd like to see them go off world full stop. Um, I'd like to see them see. I mean, if you, I mean, I know there's other huts around, but if you take hut space, it's massive. Um, You know, it takes up a very large portion of the galaxy. Hmm. Um, So I'd love to see them interact with maybe other factions, maybe like the Pikes or, you know, other groups as well, maybe the other huts. Um, and just, you know, kind of cling on to, you know, Jabba's previous empire um, and just maybe see more more things, you know, outside of that. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure. I'd definitely like to see different locations, um, not the mods involved. <laughs> um, maybe <laughs> see a bit more with him and um, Chris Hansen. Um, yeah. Yeah, so something like that. But I'd like to see different scenes where it's not just Tatooine. I'd, what I'd like to see is, I'd like to see him, like, like he hears a rumor that Mace Windu is still alive. Like he hears something, like maybe, like, may, like maybe he's like starting to like send his outreach. Like he's got control of Tatooine. He's he's like got a firm hold on that, and now he's starting to sort of make waves where he wants to, you know, maybe just wants to completely destroy the spice mines of Kessel altogether. Maybe he wants to go after the other territories or something, or maybe he wants to sort of 
reclaim everything under his belt um, or something like that. But in doing so, he learns about um, Mace Windu could be alive and he goes on like a revenge mission. But because he's so focused on getting hold of Mace Windu, he's kind of letting his his newly formed empire sort of slip between his fingers. And that could like bring him to clash with like Fennec. Because you already see in this series a little bit where Fennec keeps being like, hey, I think we should deal drugs. They'll make us a lot of money. Yeah. And Boba Fett's like, no, we're not doing that. So there's already a bit of conflict there. And if he starts see, being like, I'm going after Mace Windu, she's like, no, we need to run this business. What the fuck are you doing? That could be interesting. I'm not too sure if that's going to happen because he did say at the end, you know, uh, did, like, you know, we're not cut out for this job. But she goes, you know, if it's not us, then who? So clearly, you know, she's she cares about the people now as well. And I think she's, you know, on his wavelength to at least, you know, 90% of what they're on about. Um, True. So but, I, like, I, so I, then, but if if you made it where he's more focused on getting Mace Windu than he is caring about the people and she is more concerned about the people or something, like maybe they've made a play against the Pikes and now the Pikes are back. Or just the, the Pikes are back in general and they're like attacking the streets but he keeps fucking off trying to find Mace Windu. She could be like, what are you doing? We spent ages trying to like get hold of this territory and now you're just fucking everyone up yeah. for like a revenge mission. I think that would be fun. Hmm. I think it would be cool to bring in Mace Windu, but have his presence be actually interesting to the story, not just they turn up and have a conflict. Yeah. I think it should be ever-present in the series because one of the things I didn't like was the fact that Cad Bane was introduced in episode 6 of this series. He should have been yeah. introduced a lot earlier. Do you think? Do you actually think Mace Windu would be involved in the next season? I think that Samuel Jackson wants to play Mace Windu again. He's already done a Disney Plus series, so I don't think he'd be against another Disney Plus series. And I think that Tamara Morrison has also said that he'd love to go up against Mace Windu and have Mace Windu come back because he he still has a holds a grudge against him killing his dad. Oh, have you seen? Have you seen when they're um, they're doing one of the what's it called? You know, like the press press releases. Oh, yeah, is it and inside stuff. of and it? He was talking about it, wasn't it? The lightsaber and stuff, and he's like, "Oh, I would have picked a purple one." <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, you know. So clearly, I think, I think enough people involved with Star Wars and those characters want to go back to that, like. Like see, Samuel I'd rather Jackson. see. I'd, I'd rather see. Um, I'd rather see Mace Windu against Vader. That's what I'd rather see. Oh, that would be good, but I, I don't, I don't think you could do that satisfyingly enough because there's only the only way that fight could go down is for one of them to kill the other one. Yeah, um, that that's what I'd want to see. I'd want to see Mace Windu get killed, like, properly. Yeah, I suppose you could kill him off, but then you just bring in Mace Windu back. I think bring Mace Windu back in the Book of Boba Fett, have him have, like, a lengthy, meaty role in that where him and Boba Fett maybe make amends, and then Mace Windu can fuck off and leave, and then in another project, like a game or a show or something, have Mace Windu and Darth Vader come face-to-face, and Darth Vader kills him. 
Well, um, you couldn't because then it would align up with the timeline. Oh, yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Oh, fucking being a super bastard. You see, I'd... Yeah, I, I think, you you know, the only way... Uh, I'd rather I, I see Vader against Windu. It would be Windu. much more interesting to see Boba Fett come face-to-face with Mace Windu again than it would be Anakin and Mace Windu to come face-to-face. I'd, I'd much rather see Mace Windu interact with Anakin's Force Ghost than Vader. Uh, maybe. I'd like to see a very awkward Anakin apologise to Mace Windu for cutting off his hand and trying to kill him. Yeah, I suppose, like, but I'd rather see... I'd rather see Vader. I'd rather see, like, a lengthy battle between those two. Um... Well, they could. I guess. I guess you could still have that. You just. You could. Maybe. Mace, maybe it ends by Mace Windu cuts off Vader's hand in revenge or something. You could still do it. I just. I'd much rather have Mace Windu talk to Boba, and have because that that felt like such an interesting setup in Attack of the Clones that they kind of pay off in um, Clone Wars, but not really. Yeah, like they have that one arc, and then it's never touched on. Again. Yeah, because you do see them interact in Clone Wars. Yeah, because he, he tries to assassinate him and stuff, doesn't he? Um, yeah. I uh, I don't know. I to be honest, it's what is nice though is the fact that we can talk about all this stuff and the fact that some of it is like a possibility. Gonna get, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like so much. <laughs> how fucking like we actually. <laughs> All of that that we've just talked about is possible, you know. Yeah, it's not it all wishful fantasy. We... Like, yeah, it's, it's not just as going. Oh, wouldn't that be cool? Now it's like, hey, in the Obi Wan Kenobi series, we might actually get to see Ahsoka, Anakin, and Obi Wan. Fucking, it turns out anything can happen in these Star Wars shows. This was meant to be a show about booking fucking Boba Fett, and we saw Ahsoka yeah. and Luke have a whole scene together. <laughs> fucking anything could happen. Maybe in the I Kenobi series, like... fucking Revan will turn up or something. <laughs> <laughs> I do like what? Disney, like they're in the sense that you know, uh, as much as I don't like the childish stuff, they. I'm glad that they're pumping money into Star Wars. Well, I can see why, but it's good yeah. for the viewers. Yeah, like it's it's um, nice that we're actually getting to see this stuff on screen, and it's it's great that they seem to be moving away from the prequel fear. And we are getting stuff like Hidden Christians that come back, you know. That's yeah, that's good. So yeah, the next Star Wars series coming out is the Obi Wan Kenobi show, which comes out May twenty fifth. You excited? For yeah, the show? I can. I'm really excited. I can join you for an episode with that. Uh, Seb is currently he's unwell. He's he's not available yeah. this week. We'll we'll see when he's available again. Hopefully soon. Um, but no, we'll, it'll be fine. If, if, if he never comes back again, then, um, I'll just, what I'll do is I'll record half the conversation and then I'll go back and I'll record another half you the conversation. You do the other half. It'll just be, it'll just be it, me talking to myself. You do that pretty much anyways. Um, pretty much, pretty so much. Yeah. That's why I decided <laughs> to make this podcast is just to give me an excuse to talk to myself a bit more. <laughs> so there we go so yeah we'll um, I guess we'll I mean I might, we might get you on before then 
You don't just yeah, talk about maybe. Star Wars. You you talk about no, no. I can I can talk about other things. Just Star Wars is the best. Star Wars is the best. In fact, um, we can uh, what we could do is if you read the Harry Public stuff, we could do a little episode on the Harry Public before. Yeah, Kenobi. you you read that. I'll read that if and you read the the Throne books because they are the really canon good. ones, the Canon Throne books. Yeah. Uh, oh, actually, speaking of Throne, that's what I've been wanting to talk about. I because I meant to say this before. I think that what they're planning is they are going to do a big kind of crossover event between Ahsoka, The Mandalorian, Boba Fett any show that is going to be set around this time period and they're going to do a big kind of like sequel thing going on where Thrawn is the big bad guy. I'd love to see that. See what they need a way to tie this in with the end of Rebels where him and Ezra get blasted off, you know, God knows where. Uh, I can imagine... I reckon this show's going to start by how Rebels end, where Sabine and Ahsoka go to find uh, yeah. um, Ezra. I reckon that's how the show's going to at least go down. I reckon it's going to go down that a- route. Then we're going to find Thrawn. Apparently, Sabine Wren has already been cast, and like she's going to appear in the Ahsoka show. I think what it's going to what we're going to find out. Do you know who the actress is? No, there's been no announcement. It was just that she's been cast and she'll be in Ahsoka. And she'll... I think, like, the rumour is that she's going to appear in The Mandalorian Season 3 first and then turn up in Ahsoka. Um, but we'll we'll see if that plays out. What I think is going to happen is I think Moff Gideon is going to be revealed to be working for Thrawn. Um, yeah, that would make and I, sense. And I think... I think whatever happened, wherever they ended up in the fucking light speed whales or whatever, I think like Thrawn managed to. One second. There's interference with the fucking. There we go. Um, I think whatever happened after the end of Rebels, Thrawn has somehow. He's survived and he's clearly got people working for him because that woman on that random planet was working for him. I think he escaped from Ezra and sort of took control of parts of what was left of the Empire and is working to rebuild the Empire using, like, projects left over. Like, because I I think Grogu's blood is the key to cloning the Emperor. And I think... I think it's all going to end up being where all these different parts of the show, and I think they are going to bring back the original three, Leia, Luke, Han. We'll see Leia as like a Jedi. I think they're going to do a big event series or a big like Disney Plus movie or something where all these threads come together to defeat Thrawn because Thrawn's been in charge of like Gideon the whole time and they're trying to, they're trying to resurrect the Emperor and that that will succeed that will be like their backup plan but they'll also have like a bigger tangible threat they've got to destroy like a new weapon or something like that and then they'll destroy that they'll kill Thrawn or something but Thrawn will have won because he'll have succeeded in bringing back the Emperor and the last scene 
would be the Emperor alive on Exegol starting to plan out Snoke. Um, that's my big prediction because with the with this show, with the Book of Boba Fett, it, w- it, it wasn't like a separate entity. It was very heavily connected to the Mandalorian and to this timeline of the universe in general. So I think a bunch of these shows are going to link together and they need a big bad to kind of team up against and I think it's going to be Thrawn. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, what whatever we see is going to be great. Um, I think, I'm just looking at it now, I think she has been cast. Um, oh, yeah. A woman called Natasha Lou Bordizzo. Send me a picture. I butchered that name. I'll send you the link. Do you know, I'll just send you your name. That'll be easy. <laughs> to wrap mm-hmm. up, let's talk about the, the very last scene in the Book of Boba Fett. What do you think about the fact that Cobb Banth is uh, probably going to come back to life? Is that what it was? With yeah, the bankers, he was, he, he was tank in the back of the tank. Yeah. In a little... Uh, turtleneck what did you think it, of that is it is it confirmed that it's him i didn't really pay too much attention to yeah, that clip yeah, but is it's, it definitely it's, definitely, him? it's definitely him well i i, I mean initially i didn't think he was gonna be he was gonna die anyway you know i thought he was alive yeah he got shot in the shoulder um, i mean he's probably gonna be fine also there'd be like no point in bringing him back just to kill him in that sense but this, um, I, I, I saw that scene and I, I didn't have the same, like it was so cool the end of the Mandalorian seeing Boba Fett take the throne. In this, yeah. just seeing like, oh, Cobb Vanth is probably still alive, do not care. It's, He's a fun I don't, character. I could take I like it or leave it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I like him, but there was no like real excitement because I was like, well, what's, what is he going to do other than continue to be the marshal of, uh, yeah. of Freetown? Um, I reckon we'll see him more in. He will probably become like a, a, a what what they're called, um, you know, the underbosses of Boba. He'll probably become something oh, like I, that. Yeah. I reckon. I actually thought that maybe he will take over and he will he will become the the star of that Rangers of the New Republic show. That could be true. Yeah. Um, because she was supposed to be the lady. I was going to say he should, she should not be named. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She um, she was uh, obviously. I mean, I've told you. I've told Wars. you before how I've told you before how I think they could easily kill her off in the show. Yeah. Um, Do you want to say that again? Because I think the, the yeah. listeners might find it quite interesting. Yeah. So I think how I think she's going to get killed off is obviously because she went to, you know, take Moth Gideon back to the the New Republic. And I reckon that on their way over, either Thrawn or some other Empire forces are going to intercept them. Moth Gideon is going to get freed and she's going to die in the process. I think that's going to be an easy way to do it off scene. So, you know, don't have any, you know, loose ends in that sense. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I reckon that's how it's going to be done. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think you you can 
you can make that scene work because people who like the character and don't know any of the behind the scenes politics will be quite upset that she's dead. So you get that emotional payoff. Yeah. And it also means you don't have to like recast the character because then you just have this awkward shadow kind of hanging over it. And to be honest, I was never really that first of that character having her own spin-off because she was cool. Yeah. Like the character was fun. But I always I always enjoyed her more bouncing off of other characters. Um, yeah, what 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 was the actually? It doesn't matter. I was gonna say what was the main reason why she got cancelled in the first place, but just controversial oh, stuff. I was it? Yeah, there were, it was it was a it was a mixed bag. There was anti there was anti Semitic things. There was like anti trans. Yeah. There was anti vax. It was a whole bunch of anti bullshit. Yeah, um, but I I personally I'm not too bothered. I, I don't know how this would go down. I don't know how this would play well because she it is taking like a show that was potentially going to be centered around a woman and making it centered around a white man with a uh, cub vant. But I do yeah. think you could take him and make him a Ranger of the New Republic. Maybe get him and a couple of yeah. people, introduce some new characters, him like a rookie or some shit. I don't know. I personally, I can't think of another reason why they would end the Book of Boba Fett with the tease for Cobb Vanth still being alive if they didn't have some kind of plan for it. Maybe, maybe because, it was actually Cad Bane in the after time. Well, I thought it was going to be Cad Bane. I Because, like, like, Cad Bane's last line was, I knew you were a killer. And I thought it was going to be like, oh, they've put him in the back to tank because Boba Fett's going to prove that he's not back, a killer. Yeah. But no, it's it's Cobb Vanth, and I can't because if is it, it was definitely just him? him, it's definitely him. It's a hundred percent. Go back and watch the scene. It's definitely him. Um, if the fact that they've gone, they've like shown that he's alive as an end credits, post credit, whatever you want to call it, scene, there must be a plan for him. Because if it is just oh he's alive and he's he's like gonna be part of the team or something, they could have just had him. In that final scene where they're all like laughing and smiling, and it pans up to the rainbow sky or whatever. Like, may- maybe he just doesn't like Tamara Morrison, so they can never be on set together. Yeah. Wait, but <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I mean, that would yeah, be well... very, <laughs> very controversial. Yeah, it's like, Wait, I think it's. It? Um... I think it's Game of, yeah, it's Game of Thrones again. Where Cersei Lannister and Bran yeah. never have a scene That's together they or dated. something. Oh yeah, yeah they I've just I've just loved It is him in the back to tank very clearly. I just didn't Yes, I told you that. You asked me like four times, is it definitely him? Is it yes, of course it's him. Who else would it be? Well see when I looked it looked blurry to me. Um That's just because you have poor eyesight. Yeah. Oh I'm Don't dead disappointed. the show, that's just, I that's just... You will pay for your lack of vision. Uh, uh, Star Wars. You didn't that get the reference, did you? It says you get the particular reference, reference but goes, no, you will pay for your lack of vision? What's that? You don't get the reference. Don't that's, um, yeah, it's, 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 the Emperor says yeah, no, it. I, does he say it like that? Yeah, he, he well, no, he says it. He says it like the Emperor, obviously. But he, he's like he's electrocuting yeah, yeah. Luke in Return of the Jedi. He's like, "You will pay for your lack of vision." 
well, I'm embarrassed if I if I did forget that. That's it. That was a solid Star That's Wars it? reference there. Okay, I, I I need to go back and rewatch them. <laughs> Famed Star Wars expert Joe. Well, it was lovely having you on. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I've enjoyed watching the Book of Boba Fett. So yeah, I know we had like a lot of complaints, and I do think that there are a lot of things that need to be fixed with this show if it does get a second season. But I can't I can't deny that I did really like a lot See, of what happened. I, I enjoyed it and I'd rather it existed than didn't, unlike the sequels. Um <laughs> so yeah, it's infinitely my, better. My favourite part of the show has gotta be when they changed the theme song for the last episode so it sounded like they were saying Fet. Yeah. Wait, it, I, I thought it did that. not always say Fet. No, it didn't always. They changed just in it the last, last one. I went back and listened to it because I was because when it started saying "fat Boba Fett, blah blah blah, yeah. I was like, "Has it always been that?" And I went back and listened to it, and the soundtrack on Spotify is listed as the Book of Boba Fett Volume One, Chapters One to Four. So they've split the soundtrack up intentionally, probably to hide all the fucking Mandalorian music that was going to be in there. Um, yeah, but also to hide the the final theme. So yeah, that was my favorite bit. Is Boba Fett gets his own chant. I um, I really liked uh, you, you know when you see um Cad Bane in the desert. I think that's yeah, probably that my favorite really bit. Cool. That was such a good fucking title for that episode as well. From the desert comes a stranger. Yeah, yeah, I think it was great. That was very delightful. I think, yeah, that... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was my favourite bit by far. Right, well, perfect. But, yeah, I... Um, I think, overall, good season. Um, yeah. Could be better, could be worse. Could be a lot better, but it could also be a lot worse. I'm just... I'm exactly. just happy we got to see Tamara Morrison play Boba Fett. And he got yeah. to have a shootout with Cad Bane. Oh, we forgot to discuss about, you know, when they're left. I think actually that's probably my favourite scene. Do you know when him and Din Djarin, um flew out? Oh, off yeah. The, off we completely forgot to talk about that. That was amazing. That was I really good. Love that, that I think scene. that was the best like, I action scene. I love their conversation yeah. because I, I like the fact that they just have that where he's like, do you really buy into all that? He's like, mm-hmm. I do. And he's like, good yeah. i love that that he's still kind of at his heart like he is a mandalorian it's still there and i like that that guy's like i could negotiate for you and he sends him out and i guess that tablet is probably the book of boba fett because it's the only thing he's written in the show so i guess that's <laughs> what the book of boba fett is is that that little notice but i i love that he's like here is my offer nothing which I think is from The Godfather. I think it's from like Chapter sure. 2 or some shit. But um, yeah, I fucking... That whole sequence of them two in the sanctuary. And when they come out and it's very Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And they're just... They're, they're using all their action figure toys. Like Boba Fett's got his little knee rockets coming out. Fucking Mando's doing the... the what are they called? The Whistling Owls or something? 
Yeah, honestly, it was great. It, it was really so good. So fucking cool. I did. That was actually something I meant to talk about before. This is a whole bunch of stuff we should have talked about before without you going on a big rant about Disney Plus or whatever. Um, what I meant to say was, I th- I found it a little silly when they kept hiding behind the speeder, and more and more people kept turning up, and they'd all like rush behind the speeder. I was like, how much cover is that actually giving you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, though, I mean, it's infinitely more cover than nothing. Yeah, true, but it was like, Um, it just felt a bit ridiculous that, okay, the the people from Freetown turn up, and then the mods arrive, and then BK arrives, and they have to rush out and grab him, and they get him behind the, uh, the car, and it just felt a bit like more and more folk kept yeah. turning up, and it felt. A little I bad think whoever it. wrote it, I, I felt was quite lazy. Um, yeah, I think it did just feel... in general, the a lot of the writing was quite lazy. Yeah, it did feel. Uh, it, this felt more like they just want to establish that Boba Fett is the king of Tatooine, and that Grogu is back with the Mandalorian. That felt like that was the entire purpose of this show was just they want to put certain pieces in their place. Yeah. But hey, I, but... I enjoyed it for the most part. I There were some really fun moments, some really stupid moments. But you, you take what you get. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, overall, fairly decent. Would watch again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, right? no, it's been, it's been great. <laughs> Being on this episode. Thank you yeah, for inviting me. Maybe we'll have you back on next week. Yeah, maybe. What you discuss next week? Maybe uh, Peacemaker next week. I've not seen that, so probably not. <laughs> well, I'd highly recommend it. Um, if you I want to watch it, but I'd... I've got a VPN on my laptop, so I oh, could. I could watch, um, I could try and stream it from the US, but is it on HBO Max? Uh, yes, it is on HBO Max. See, I don't understand. I mean, I understand why they've got, like, what is it, commitments with Sky, but I saw something the other day that that was going to get released in, like, seven more EU countries. Um, but not over here. Yeah, so, it's like yeah. it's, it's all, there's HBO Max China, there's HBO Max Europe, there's a whole bunch. Like it is in other territories, um, but as much as they've said, oh, we're not doing it over here because of certain commitments to Sky. Sky isn't getting all the HBO Max originals. They're all kind of just a bit all over the shop. Um, yeah, and I think it's really frustrating that James Gunn was actively like promoting this series and then after each episode he'll he'll like just talk about the spoilers and it's like you you're completely disregarding all the people who can't watch it and you're openly being like this happened and this happened it's it's kind of a shame for international viewers and it just promotes piracy that's all it does but yeah we can talk about all that next week maybe with you maybe with someone else we'll see we'll see what happens yeah but lovely having me on. That that's, that's right, <laughs> dramatically. Uh, yeah, no, that, thank you for it's having been, me on. It's been great. It's been, uh, it's been a pleasure. And yeah, we'll definitely get you on for the next Star Wars one. So, yeah, um, definitely. 
Yeah, be sure to uh, to follow all the social media stuff. I can never remember the names of our social media platforms. This is the bit that Seb usually does. He usually reads out, hey, follow us at Twitter at this, follow us on Instagram at this. I think it's just like Cape um, First podcast everywhere. You should know, Joe. You yeah. follow us, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, no, I do on Instagram. <laughs> um, never listened to any of your podcasts. But, yeah, follow... Brilliant, go brilliant. watch some Cape Burst. Yeah. A glistening endorsement. Yeah, goodbye, chaps. Right, brilliant. In a bit, everyone. Uh, <laughs> subscribe, whatever... I don't care.